0: Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guest is Janice Nagel, and uh, she is a cruiser with thousands of miles under her keel, and she travels with her dog, DOG, and we're going to be talking about Pets aboard, most specifically dogs, since that is what Janice uh, has aboard with her. Once we start the conversation, we'll give you lots of details on how to handle having a dog aboard. But before we do, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral Level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Beneteau, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage all of our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with the business out of the way, Janice, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Well, you're very welcome, Kim. I'm happy to do it.
0: And I got to meet you and Steve and DOG when you were in Charleston, uh, probably not quite a year ago, I would say at this point. Um, but I was really impressed with how much cruising you've done, even though you're not yet a gold looper. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself and and where you've been cruising.
1: Okay. Uh, Well, first of all, we bought a sailboat 10 years ago, sold everything that we owned, jumped onto the sailboat and headed for the Caribbean. We were a little bit concerned about um, you know telling people we were going to be gone five years and not making it so we would just say that we were going to be gone oh two to five years we didn't know we actually made it six years had a great time um sailing up and down the windward uh chain windward and leeward chain and um just saw lots of beautiful things and and now go ahead
0: yeah no go ahead i was
1: going to say now now we're doing the loop but we're doing it a little bit different we're doing it in segments We're actually in our ninth month, but it's our third season. The Mm -hmm. first year we did the Florida mini loop um, as our shakedown with the new to us boat. And then last year we made it from Stewart, Florida to the Bahamas and all the way up to Cape Charles. And this year we started our cruising adventures in Cape Charles. And right now I am at Staten Island um, in New York.
0: Yes. And you mentioned that you're at Great Kills Yacht Club, which is kind of a looper favorite. And I know there's lots of loopers there and on their way there because I heard from one this morning that couldn't get in there because it's full. But that, of course, is where um, our previous Harbor Host of the Year, John Kalashia is. So I know you'll enjoy Great Kills as well as New York City. Um, Tell us. So your boat is nomadic spirit. And obviously you've been uh, cruising for quite a while now. So which came first, DOG or the boat?
1: Well, that's an interesting thing. We picked up DOG. We actually acquired him the first day that we ever looked at the boat that we ended up buying. (laughs) So DOG actually did come first. We were in Florida. We also have a motorhome, and we were touring the country in our motorhome, and we decided um, we needed another boat. We had been without a boat for almost nine months, and it was time to buy another boat. So we um, were touring around Florida looking for boats and acquired DOG on our way to an appointment to uh, look at this boat. And um, so he gave us his approval and here we are.
0: (laughs) So DOG didn't do all of the islands cruising that you did. It sounds like Uh, he joined you before the the seasons of the loop cruise started. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. And and with uh, cruising the islands, and we're, a little bit later, we'll get into some of the things that are specific to entering different countries with a dog. Mm-hmm. But each island in the Caribbean is actually an independent country of its own now. Of course, many of them used to be under British rule, and some of them were under French French rule. But right now, almost everyone is a separate independent country, and they all have their own separate independent regulations for pets. And the passages between are longer than the passages on the loop. So that is something that I don't think of it. I would have been interested in, in
0: having a dog at that time
1: in our cruising adventures.
0: That certainly makes sense. Uh, so um, was he a puppy or was he used to life on land for many years before you brought him aboard?
1: Well, he was a puppy. He was six months old. Mm-hmm. Um, and we We acquired him and the boat at the same time, but we didn't actually take off in the boat until a year later. As soon as we bought the boat, I mean, he he rode on it for a couple of short rides, but um, we didn't actually start that first cruising adventure until a year later. He transitioned quite nicely to life on the boat. He likes to sit, and I know that you have seen pictures of him sitting up on the front of the boat with his little life jacket on and watching the world go by. Yes.
0: So so he basically was, you know, still a, kind of a puppy, but, you know, more or less an adult dog when you really transitioned him to long distance cruising aboard the boat or long term cruising. So what did you do or what suggestions you have for others on how to make your dog comfortable aboard, especially perhaps an older dog that has had a longer life on land and maybe is unfamiliar with the boat?
1: Um, yeah, there are actually several things that come to mind right off the bat. Um, of course, you know, if they have a dog bed, bring bring his existing dog bed that smells like him and that he's comfortable with, or if you're going to buy him a new one, you know, get him used to it in his current environment for a while so it becomes um, comfortable to him, of course, bring some toys, keep his uh, routine the same as, eating routine and, and of course the walking routine is going to have to change a little bit you know based on where you're docked and what your travel plans are of the day but that's that's minor and they can adjust to that pretty easy. Um another thing I would suggest is as soon as you start looking at this type of lifestyle and you purchase a boat, every time you go to that boat to pack some things on it or check this or that out, take the dog with you so he gets very comfortable with being on the boat at the dock when you're still kind of tethered, um, getting on and off the boat and um, just kind of getting him used to this being his new environment. Mm -hmm.
0: So when people start contemplating taking their dog with them on the loop, one of the first questions they always have is, is the potty issue. So I, I know you mentioned that you had worked with DOG what did you do? What have you seen others do to try and train your dog to do his business aboard, which I know is not always successful for all dogs, but tell us what your experience has been.
1: Uh, yes, well, <laughs> there are several threads <laughs> in the forum and on the AGLCA Facebook page. Um, potty issues with the dog are probably right up there with talking about batteries and clogged heads. It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty popular conversation among cruisers. Um, I will tell you the tricks that I've read and the tricks that have worked for other people. Um, I've been told by a dear friend that the OG is just too polite to pee on his own boat.
0: <laughs> so I'm not having
1: really good, good luck with the OG on that. Um, but, but the things that we have done and he, um, will use the pad if he has to, uh, is using, we started out with some real turf. We went to Home Depot, we bought some real sod, uh, put that sod up on uh, the sidewalk on, on land. Um, I captured actually some of his urine. That was a tip given to me by a seasoned boater uh, mm-hmm. with, a, with a paper plate, a little styrofoam plate, and stuck it under there and put some on that sod. And then I stopped every person that was walking by and said, would you please have your dog smell this? And then when he watched other dogs go on there, because they will, they'll just go right on there. Then he ran over and he went on it just fine. Mm -hmm. Of course, once I put it on the boat, he was a bit more reluctant. But they will eventually go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, um, and then, of course, you can't keep um, sod forever. So then we transitioned him to some AstroTurf. And it's got, it's a little bit nicer AstroTurf. It's got a pretty good feel, of um, grass and and you can purchase you can purchase uh little pee posts they call them pee posts they have pheromones in them or a spray as well it's called go here i um, mean you can spray that on there to give that scent back on there if you have a lot of rain and you know any luck that you had with other dogs that came to visit scenting that pad you can refresh on that with with a commercial spray for that um so that works out really good. We have ours up on our on the bow near the anchor locker. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people have them in the back of the boat. Um, I, I know my dog especially would never go if the pee pad was inside because that just, he wouldn't do that. Right. Um, oh, I know. And something else that's really very important is when you start getting ready to make this transition, use a keyword that, will um, spark that he will know what it is that you're asking him to do. So shortly after we got him, we knew we were going to be transitioning to the boat. So every time I would take him out for his walk, I would tell him to go potty. And then when he was going, I would reward him and say good potty, good potty. Um, some people use the term get busy or mm-hmm. other You know, people use piddle, what, whatever word you want to use. Just Use that with him often enough that he knows when you ask him to do that, what it is you're asking of him. And um, that's a pretty common theme that I've found most people uh, will suggest that have had good luck training dogs mm-hmm. to on the boat. And of course, the younger the dog is, the easier he is.
0: Right. So Janice, once you have gotten the dog to use the astroturf or however you might be doing this on your boat, is it as easy to clean up as just toesing it off? What's your, been your experience with, with the aftermath, so to speak? <laughs> oh,
1: so the uh, the tip that we have gotten from some experienced people is put a little hole in the corner and tie a rope around it. And then when you are someplace that it needs to be rinsed off you can literally just hold it over the side and hose it down with your wash down pump or dip it in the sea um, to freshen it up and and then you just pull it back up with that little rope and put it right back down on the
0: deck Good to know. So for some dogs, particularly, and in this case, maybe older dogs, um, a lot of loopers don't cruise for more than, you know, eight hours or something a day, depending, of course, on the area that they're in. So it is feasible, particularly for older dogs, to not have to go while they're underway. Most marinas are um, dog friendly. Um, Have you come across any that are not?
1: I have not ever come across a marina that was dog-friendly. Um, I'm, sure I'm not sure if there's any state-run marinas in New York. And the reason I bring that up is because I know their state parks do not allow dogs. So I don't know if that would be the same with a state-run marina, but my personal experience is I have not found that.
0: Yeah, it it would be pretty unusual, I would think, because um, so many boaters have dogs. Um, Correct. So that's definitely good to know. Um, We talked a little bit already, of course, that not all dogs can successfully be trained to do their business, aboard. Um, some are a little bit more stubborn than others, which again is okay if you plan to stay at marinas. But for those who prefer to anchor out or plan to anchor out for one reason or another, um, any tips for if, if your dog just refuses to go on board? Because it certainly, I'm sure, it can be challenging to get them in the dinghy constantly, um, although it's obviously necessary at some points. Um, just any thoughts on if, if a dog is resisting the idea of going aboard the boat? Any suggestions?
1: Well, the first thing, and I, and this would be a good time to bring up, um, anybody who is taking a dog on the boat, I'm sure they're going to want to talk to their vet. And um, there's quite a few things that you should probably discuss with the vet, but one of them is, um, how long can a dog hold it without it hurting the dog? Well, you know what? It doesn't really hurt the dog. It hurts the human. I will tell you, it hurts the human to watch the dog and think, oh, my goodness, he must be suffering. but, but. Um, Everyone I've talked to that has had this conversation with their vet finds out that if that dog really needs to go he will go um, So there is no long-term Disastrous effects from that dog holding it and like you say the average commute uh, or the day spent cruising isn't like we used to have when we were sailing in the Caribbean so you're pretty much going from from daylight to to maybe dusk. And any dog who is owned by a working person probably spends that much time at home waiting for their um, human to come home and take them outside. So it's, it's not really too long of a period for them to worry about unless you're doing a crossing to the Bahamas or something like that. And if they do occasionally have to hold it, it's certainly my understanding that there is just no harm done at all.
0: Janice, I've heard that same thing. Um, I'm sorry, I've heard that same thing from from vets is that, you know, the dog will go if it gets to the point where they have to and just can't hold it. But from what what I've seen, you're absolutely right. It usually is the human who um, just... Feel so bad for it's the stuff. dog, and wants yeah. the dog to be it's able to human. be comfortable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> human suffer something um, fierce. Let me tell you, I know this from firsthand experience. Uh,
0: yep, um, I, I while know. And
1: why you're, t- <laughs> I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. While you're oh, no. talking to your vet about that? Um, there are a couple other things that you should talk to your vet about to make sure that you're comfortable with. Um, there are quite a few over-the-counter medications that is acceptable to give a dog. Dramamine being one of them, Benadryl um, acts as a a sedative to make them a little bit drowsy if they're uh, experiencing some anxiety or having some allergies. Um, And these are things that you might want to talk to your vet about. They can write you a prescription for seasickness and anxiety pills, but um, oftentimes it's just easier to use an over-the-counter medication. And again, it's really a comfort level for the human knowing that It's okay to give the dog this, so just have that conversation with your vet too. Um, I found a product called Rescue Remedy that has been very successful for me and some other people. It's a natural, it's almost like a natural calming effect that you can use for a dog who's afraid of um, thunderstorms, afraid of fireworks, um, we just recently had a really unpleasant day on Delaware Bay, and uh, li- literally, Dog was shaking for hours. And um, I had given him um, some some uh, Benadryl, that took kind of a sedative, and it took a little bit for that to kick in. I didn't give it to him early enough, so that's something to consider if you know you're going into an area that's a little bit more turbulent you might want to give him something just to have him put his head down and kind of sleep through it Uh, but that's something else you should talk to with your vet just to make sure that you feel comfortable with that
0: yeah Janice from what you've seen out there cruising do you see um, or hear of a lot of dogs getting seasick because I hear more often of cats with seasickness issues than dogs but you've certainly cruised a whole lot more than me so tell me about what you've you've heard and seen out there
1: well, all the, of course, again, we didn't have him on a sailboat, but with mm-hmm. this, we've been cruising about nine months now, and I think there's only been one or two times that he's actually gotten sick where he's thrown up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't feed him in the morning on the days that we're taking a long trip. We, we let him wait and eat at the end, just like we eat after we get there. Um, and that does help a little bit, and he's not gotten sick since I started that not feeding him in the morning uh, mm-hmm. but they are agitated by the by the rough season and like we had waves crashing over the bow of the boat and it was just making all sorts of noise and uh, he was not pleased yes uh, but, the, but I have read that the worst thing you can do is coddle them and pick them up and hold them and give them hugs and it's kind of like when you have a little child and they fall down and you say oh you're okay just get up and go get back on your bike you're fine Mm -hmm. and it's um if you if you go oh my gosh oh my gosh you hurt they're going to cry harder well it's the same (laughs) kind of thing with, with a dog they say that you are reinforcing that behavior um if you If you kind of, they think they're being rewarded for being shaky and scared. Mm -hmm. So it was just something I read on the American Counter Club webpage. And so I just wanted to bring that up.
0: Yeah, and that's great information. And we've been focused mostly on dogs um, because dogs are the ones that, of course, have all of the where to do their business issues on the loop. Um, But this suggestion by Janice to talk to your vet and and take with you some of the -the over-the-counter things or have prescriptions for some of the things that can be settling for the pet from the vet would certainly apply um, to whatever species your pet happens to be. So that's good advice to have. I want to take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, um, I do want to con- continue a little bit on the health and safety type issues and, and talk about what you need to do with your pet to bring them into another country. Um, but also one of the things that we haven't addressed that is very dog specific is um, how to find uh pet-friendly anchorages so that if you are going to anchor and need to get your dog ashore to do their business, um, you know that there's a place to do that. Um, And finding those can be a little bit more challenging than just finding any anchorage. So we'll come back and cover that in just a moment. Your next remarkable getaway is waiting for you on your own luxury boat with LaBoat Rentals. As the caption of your own luxury cruiser, you can cruise the inland waterways of Europe and now on the Rideau Canal in Canada. Whether you're looking for an experience for the family, a romantic couples trip, or an active break with friends, LeBoat promises to give you a wonderful adventure vacation to remember. No boating license or experience required, a LeBoat is easy to drive. Contact Labote today at Leboat.com. And we're back on Great Loop Radio. Uh, we are talking today with Janice Nagel, who is aboard Nomadic Spirit. And we are talking about cruising with pets, primarily focusing on dogs, because I think in some ways they're a little more challenging than some of the other species. And one of the things we haven't covered yet for a dog is for those who prefer to anchor, how do you find a place to anchor where you know that there is a place that you can dingy ashore and take your dog for a walk? Any tips on that, Janice?
1: That's a very good question, Kim. Well, we anchor probably about 50% of the time, and uh, we, I do most of the route planning and deciding where we're going to stop for the day. So I use Active Captain in my navigation app to find anchorages, as many of the loopers do. Um, they also have Active Captain markers for boat launches. If we can find an anchoring spot that's highly recommended that's near a boat landing, that is a perfect spot for us because you can dinghy right up to the little dock that comes out. We can walk the dog, get on and off the dinghy easily, um, and that works out really well for us. So that's one of our favorite things to try to do. If we don't find a boat launch, what I normally will do is pick out a few anchorages that That either in the book um, captain John book or active captain um, that will have some anchoring spots then I will look at those areas um, through the satellite view and my navigational app allows me to switch to satellite view and then I'm going to be looking for like a sandy spot a little sandy beach that I can um, pull the dinghy up on to get him out Um, or quite often you can find a municipal park that's right along the waterway that maybe has a little retaining wall and there'll be some grass area there so those are the three things that I primarily will look for is an anchorage either near a boat landing near a sandy stretch of beach or some type of public access whether it's a park or something similar
0: to that. Mm-hmm. that that's great tips, because that's a question I get asked a lot, um, is how to find those types of anchorages, and those are some great tips on how to do that. One of the things, one of the probably most dangerous times for a pet aboard is that that moment when you're transitioning the pet from the dock to the boat or the dinghy to the boat and vice versa. Um, so talk about, if you, if you will, some of the safety tips that you have, both for getting your boat on and off the, the boat, sorry, getting your pet on and off the boat, uh, but also other times, what are some of the safety equipment that you use and some tips that you use to keep DOG safe?
1: Well, I can tell you that DOG has um, unexpectedly landed in the water a few times, either jumping off the boat in a hurry because he sees another dog and he's excited, or trying to jump onto somebody else's boat um, because they're talking to him and he wants to go get petted um so those are things that that actually do happen and when we're on land when we're um land cruising he usually wears a collar but when we're on the boat even if he doesn't have his life jacket on he will have a harness on because it's something that you can take a boat hook grab that harness on his back and and lift him back out of the water if need be nothing is worse than having to grab a collar with a boat hook and you feel like you're strangling the dog on the way out you know retrieving him We did have to do that once and that's when we stopped using collars on the boat um, and then life jackets when we're when we're running he has a little life jacket he uses as soon as you um, have found your boat and you're getting ready to go put that life jacket on your pup every once in a while have him get used to the feel of it have him get used to laying around with it on taking a nap with it on just so that it kind of becomes standard standard wear for him. Um, And if you're in really turbulent areas and you're, and you're, um, you're coming to a dock and you're worried about being underfoot, just take his lead and just tether him to something. Just kind of like tie him up to the cabinet or something just to keep him out from underneath your feet when you're in a kind of a high stress docking situation or locking through and you don't want him running around when you're trying to You
0: know, grab the lines and the locks and things Mm -hmm. like that. Makes sense. So DoG is a fairly small pooch. Um, Yeah. Any suggestions on what you've seen people with larger dogs do any differently? Um, You know, they may be easier to get into certain dinghies because they're bigger and can kind of jump, but um, you certainly want to be careful by the water. And a big dog is hard to lift. So, have you come across any suggestions for people that have a bigger breed? Yeah, the
1: only thing that i've really seen of course boat style means a lot here you know once we had picked up the OG, we knew we wanted a sedan style so it's a an easy on easy off not a big climb up the back like you have with a with the bigger sun decks mm-hmm. and the people that have the the bigger sun decks that have a little less comfortable access on and on to their boat um, i have heard of them using the little dinny lift the the little either motorized or hand crank, um, little, um, uh, what am I looking for? Like a little crane that they use to lift that outboard motor off their dinghy. Uh And they've successfully used that with with kind of a harness lift, um, uh, almost like a sling underneath the dog to lift them up. Um, That's really the only thing that I've heard about big dogs. But Uh again, that's for using that search feature in the form and on Google Facebook page, or on the Facebook page for AGLCA, and you can, you can gather some additional information that I unfortunately might not have.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I think that was good advice, um, the idea of using, you know, a, a davit or, or something that on the boat to bring the dog, um, but I think really a key thing you said there, Janice, was to consider this when you're picking out a boat. Um, if you're planning to bring a pet, then you really do need to make sure that the boat you're going to use is capable of accommodating that pet safely. Um, and I think that that's, Really a, a very strong statement because there's the, if you have the wrong boat with a pet that just can't get on and off of it, um, not only will the pet be unhappy, but the human is likely to be pretty unhappy as well, so certainly something to consider um, let's talk a little bit about uh crossing borders and and records you should travel with anyway within the u s but uh you know what paperwork what documents do you have to travel with uh, with your pet to enter let's let's start with Canada if you've already researched that. Um, since most loopers will go to Canada for at least part of the time.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, so you should probably, whether you're going to Canada or not, you should probably have your immunization records, any prescriptions for any meds that he has, uh, special like DOG's on a prescription dog food, um, any kind of conditions that they have that uh, he has been doctored for in the past, just kind of a copy of the medical history and the immunization should probably be with you at all times. Going into Canada is really quite easy. All they want to see is that he has current rabies documentation, so that his shot is current, um, it's not going to expire during the time that you're in the country, um, and that is the only requirement for them to bring your pet um, with you um, into Canada. Oh, and that's the same whether by boat or by motorhome. We happen to know firsthand. Okay, it's a and little I... different going to the Bahamas.
0: Okay, yeah, tell um, us about the Bahamas.
1: Yeah, the Bahamas is it has been um, a, a little bit more challenging for many boaters. So there's a permit that you have to fill out in advance, and you send that permit in. It's a ridiculously low amount of money. I think it's twelve fifty now. Um, to have that, and then you send another $10. I have the website I'll mention in just a few minutes. Um, if you send another $10, instead of them sending it back to you, they will actually fax it back to you. You can get a free fax number online. Um, that w- it'll just come right to your email. So that makes that just a little bit easier. And all of the, all of the information that you need to know about that is available um, quite a few different places. Uh, but the the uh, official source is www.bahamas.gov.bs. Bs as in Sam Baker Sam. Uh, so that's the official website. Once you get there, you go to non-resident and then uh, pets, and you will and you will find what you need there. However, I did a little bit of research. I found a new website, and it's called, and I'll repeat this in a minute, but it's called BahamasPetPermit.com, and I'll repeat that in a minute. Um, And I hadn't used it, and where I found it, the person had mentioned they hadn't used it. So I also belong to a Cruising and Sailing with Pets Facebook group. And I put that question out to them this morning, asking them if anybody used it, and everyone is raving about how fabulous it is. It's an individual, I forget what his name is, maybe Wallace, and he started his own business. He was very entrepreneurial. And you fill out the form online, you pay him for the form and then a a service fee for him. And he takes care of the whole thing and sends it back to you.
0: That sounds like a great service.
1: Yeah, and let me tell you why it's a great service because the first time we filled this form out for the Bahamas, we just sent it regular mail. They don't take a check by the way, you gotta send cash.
0: Hmm.
1: Guess what happened?
0: Lost in the mail. (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: lost in the mail. So then the second time we sent it FedEx like they suggested we do, it cost $45 just for the FedEx. Mm -hmm. So So this is a great service, definitely a
0: need for it. So tell us the website for the service again.
1: Okay, it's all one word Bahamas Pet
0: Perfect. And tell us again the Facebook group that you're a member of, because that probably would be of interest to our listeners on this topic as well.
1: It's Sailing and Cruising with Pets.
0: I'm sure that that's definitely something people will look up on Facebook um, in case they have additional questions. Um, I have done some research myself for Canada, and there was a link to this in the Great Loop Link newsletter not too long ago. Um, But just be sure you, you check for your specific pet. Canada also has great information on their website about the requirements for different species. Um, You know, dogs are very easy in Canada. Uh, Certain types of pets are not. Um, Birds, for one, most of our loopers that are traveling with birds don't go to Canada because while Canada is is pretty friendly about letting the bird in, the U.S. is not so friendly about letting the bird come back after it's been in another country. Um, And I think that's still stemming from fears from a few years ago from things like bird flu. So, um, you know, be aware, be aware of that, and if you have a, a bit of an unusual pet, make sure you check on what's going to happen when you try to re-enter the U.S. as well. Um, Janice, just a, a final question before we wrap up. Um, just like people, it's possible that a, your, a, your pet can get sick along the way. Um, have you found any good resources for finding a vet if you should happen to need one?
1: Well, w- because we're full-time nomads, whether by land or by sea, Um, we use Banfield Pet Hospitals. Mm -hmm. Banfield Pet Hospitals are inside of PetSmart. And if you go into a Banfield Pet Hospital, they will pull up DOG's record and they will have everything he's ever been seen for at any veterinary clinic owned by Banfield since day one, which is really a fabulous service. You, You can join it. Um, And it's almost like an insurance you pay a one-time fee and it covers everything Um, Something to look into but if you but that's just my personal opinion for me That's really easy. My second favorite thing to do is to call to call or email a harbor host Mm -hmm. if there's a harbor host um, in the area where you're at they're going to know I Mean they are a wealth of information on so many things and this is just no exception and then again The Facebook group, if you post a question out on the AGLCA Facebook group, you've got 20 answers within
0: 10 minutes. It's a very active group for sure.
1: It is. It is very, uh, very good. And, you know, and there's usually they're speaking from experience
0: hmm That's right. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned the harbor hosts because then the number of harbor hosts is growing, um, which is really a great thing. And that means in many areas, there's more than one. So if, if one does not have a pet, uh, another may. Um, and uh, again, harbor hosts are local to the area they're serving in. So even if they don't have a pet, they probably have neighbors or friends that do. So as you said, there are a wealth of information about whatever might come up. Um, and services for pets is no exception. Uh, Janice, any final thoughts, any tips that maybe I didn't ask about before we close out for the day?
1: Uh, No, I can't think of anything other than the fact that I can't imagine going on a cruise like this and leaving a loved one behind.
0: That's such an excellent way to to wrap it up because I think (laughs) many share that sentiment. So Janice Nagel, Nomadic Spirit, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, Kim. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.